SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Friday, December 4th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. We will try to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time. And, Kev, it is so crazy. I mean... You know, week 12 has morphed into week 13, where where we're kind of in overlapping weeks. When I took a step back, when I started looking at these games, I realized this will also mark for the entire league, Kev, the end of the buys and the three-quarter poll of the regular season. All right? Mm -hmm. And, you know... Head coaches, I hear them all the time, they break the season into four four-game chunks, right? And they're like, hey, but we can, you know, still go three and one in the next chunk. You know, what do you think in this final quarter of the season? We look at the playoff race in the AFC, but like, who do you think is like prime to ascend? Who do you think is prime to turn into a pumpkin? Generally, what are you looking for as we enter the stretch run? Is it people coming back from injury? Is it defenses getting better? Is it, you know, rookies hitting a wall? What are you looking mm. for in this last quarter of the regular season? Because guess what, Kev? Someone who we're not thinking of is going to go 4 and 0 in this last stretch. And become a contender. Somebody that we're starting to like is going to go one and three in this last stretch and really hurt their playoff chances. We looked at schedules, but you know, what are you expecting in this stretch run? So I think the one thing I would say is we should all be keeping an open mind from what is going to happen from now until week 17. Why do I say that? Because last week, the public we saw, right? Bets that were 80% to at least 20, if not more, right, where the public was on one side, only one of them won. And it was the Dolphins beating the Jets. So basically the Jets are sure. public proof. They are that bad. Sure. Why? So I, and I bring that up to say because I think what, what's happening right now is, you know, people have such a big sample size, they believe they know these teams. They know right. who they trust. They know who right. they don't. And they are set in stone in those beliefs. Keep an open mind. And what you're going to see over this stretch run. Someone, as you said, is probably going to surprise us. And someone out there is going to get the label. Maybe a couple of teams. They are hot at the right time. Right, They're right, right. playing the right brand of ball at the right time. But also, still keep that open mind and keep that context. Because there are already there are three teams that I can tell you right now. The Seahawks. With the defense, because of their offenses that they're scheduled to play. The mm-hmm. Bucks because they're off the bye and they have four considerably sure. easy matchups. And the Ravens, who don't pretty much play a, a tough game outside of Cleveland the rest of the way. Three teams that can all run it up 
from now until week 17. Keep that context alive because you're going to want to dive deep to figure out how truly impressive those teams are going into this postseason run. Yeah, absolutely. As we welcome in our radio audience from around the globe, quite frankly, thank you for getting on the grid early with us. Dane Martinez, Kevin Walsh, as we look at week 13, you know, Kev, I always I've been telling you all season long, right? This is our first football season talking with each other every single day. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I believe that these teams are trying to improve, trying to understand their own strengths and weaknesses, trying to address their Achilles heel so that they could be the best version of themselves when they enter the tournament come January. I am going to be looking for what identities become solidified and trusted to be able to go on the damn road in the playoffs. And there's a couple of teams I have my eyes on. We'll get into all the games. One thing we do have to set the context of before the games and, you know, we usually do this earlier in the week, but it's the injury report, okay? Because, listen, as of yesterday, we were still talking about week 12 games. So let's look at week 13. I I think there's some interesting things already. We've already heard that Julio Jones is going to be out. Uh, Josh Jacobs not practicing for a Raiders contending team. Daniel Jones probably missing time for, ironically, the first place team in the NFC East. And then some big names that we got to see how they are progressing. Everyone from Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen in Minnesota to the quarterback of an AFC wildcard contender in Tua. Which of these injuries is kind of... Uh, the one you're keeping your eye on the most. Oh, you pulled a bait and switch, and yeah, I just absolutely know you did right there with the AFC wild card contending quarterback with Cam Newton on the list. Uh, a, a bait and switch. Oh, but like I went no to it instead. Yeah. Sure. But hey, listen. Well, you know, the Dolphins were... are on the graphic all the time. The Patriots are only when Steve wants no, to let you smile. No, remember, remember they weren't that one time <laughs> when the Dolphins were like the seven and they just weren't on the graphic. So Fair they're enough. not always there. I will say Fair enough. A, lot of big, a lot of big running backs on that list. And as much as, mm. you know, Running backs don't matter. Yeah, Haven't the Lions look like they've missed DeAndre Swift quite a bit? It's not like people are, aren't going to bet Lions-Bears. Plus, also, I know Steve's got some Lions futures tickets as the only justification for how long they've hung around on the graphic. Dalvin Cook's another one. Again, and that's also just from a prop player perspective. They're playing the Jags. His over-under yeah. rushing yards is going to be in the hundreds. Odds he ends up in, in Dane's blue tent? Probably high. Like, I wouldn't be, I'd be pretty cautious about Dalvin Overs. That's fair. Maybe Dalvin touchdown and a win, though. That's something I could think about. We'll look at all the ways we'll play it coming back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. We got a ton of games to look at for week 13. Remember, there was no Thursday night football. Only two teams are on by, so we got a bunch of games. Let's dive on in. For me, Kev, the headline game, at least over in the AFC, is very interesting, especially, Kev, if we talk about how 2020, right, passing league, right, 
quarterback heavy well this matchup of the cleveland browns and the tennessee titans have the number one and two rushing offenses of the national football league facing off against each other the tennessee titans with king henry who leads the league with 1257 yards they are second kev in the nfl at 158 yards a game on the other side the cleveland browns and what i keep calling this vaunted one-two punch of the run game leads Mm -hmm. the nfl kev with 161 yards rushing chubb and hunt are teammates who both have over 700 yards rushing that stacks up to 14 king hungry's at around 1250 i believe kev this is going to be about which quarterback can kind of be the right game manager be the right piece of that offense with the run game and honestly kev baker has not thrown a pick in his last five games with two touchdowns and over 100 rating in three of his last four on the road baker is sort of morphing into the quarterback that kevin stefanski wants i'm intrigued to see how these run games match up you know what's really fun though is this over under is 53 and a half yeah so it's not it's not a total that you would be expecting going into kind of a, a titans brown game but one thing that we've always said is at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if two teams want to run the football. If the result of the drives are touchdowns, who cares? Right. And the Titans last week put up 45. The Browns last week, I don't know. It's like this thing right now where people play the Jaguars, and it doesn't matter what they do. You're kind of like, whatever. You slept walk against Jacksonville and Jacksonville? Sure, who hasn't? You won, right. you know, or you blew out Jacksonville? Couldn't care less. It's Jacksonville. Like, they've kind of been covering numbers, the Jags. It, it is what it is. But I look at this game. And I see the Titans laying five and a half at home. That's good. En- that's good enough for me. I can lay still five and a half points. I think with the Titans, because the one thing that I said to you, it was after you know the Browns kind of coming out of their bye. I just I was I've not been blown away by their performances. You know, off the bye, it was the Texans game with the wind, and I think wind. we both did agree that those conditions huge edge to the. Brown side over the Texans who want to keep the ball moving through the air. And it happened with the Raiders game, also. Right. That game against the Eagles, to me, was wildly unimpressive from them. It had everything to do with Wentz's uh, issues where he gave them nine points. They only won the game by five. And then the Jaguars game, look, it is, look, the Jags, they've been kind of pulling teams down to their level, but that was still a pretty unimpressive game from the Browns where they could have lost that game at any moment. There was a two-point conversion to tie that thing up at 27 apiece. The Titans now the past two weeks have been rounding back into form, and as much as they have those defensive woes, this team scores, and their offense is, you know, and, and Henry is starting to blow people by. Ryan Tannehill is putting up Winter his numbers. Winter is coming. <laughs> I, hey, now. Hey, now. That's what I like to hear. I, I like this Titans team. I'm, I'm impressed with what they've done over the past two weeks. So I, I'm thinking I can still lay here five and a half. I need to see Baker go out there and win a game. He's done it. He did it against the Bengals. But that's the Bengals. I want to see Baker go out there and try and win this game right now. I have more faith in Tannehill than Baker Mayfield. 
No, that's fair. Like, And that's the thing. This is where we differ a little bit. I don't think Baker has to go out and win the game. I think the Cleveland Browns run game can win games. I think Baker has to not turn the ball over, and he hasn't in the last month. And that's, I think, going to be especially important. The Tennessee Titans lead the NFL in turnover margin at plus 11. This is something the Titans rely on, getting turnovers. If Baker doesn't give them the ball and they can just keep on pounding it with Chubb and Hunt, obviously they have other weapons as well with Landry and the folk. But I think that is really key for the Browns and Baker. We shall see. This is going to be something of a slugfest. What's up? Quickly, I just want to quickly say this is a very important game for the Browns, yeah. who played yeah. the Ravens week one, blown out. Played yeah. the Steelers, blown out. The Raiders beat them in Cleveland. They have that Colts win, which is the only thing that stops the Browns from being looked at as a really fugazi team. I'm not saying they have to win at Tennessee. It's a tough game. But this does need to be a competitive football game or everyone is going to sell Cleveland. Everyone. Oh, I believe it will be, and that's why, if on nothing else, I will take the points in this one. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee can win the game at home, but I think this is going to be a tight three or four point game. This reeks to me of twenty-one seventeen, you know, uh, twenty to seventeen, twenty-three twenty, something like that. We shall see. Even though the book thinks that fifty-three and a half points might be scored, big game in the NFC, Kev, in the NFC West specifically, when the Los Angeles Rams go to Arizona to take. Take on the Cardinals. Uh, that stadium is going to be used not once but twice this week. Also on Monday Night Football. I don't hit for me. Kev, this boils down to we all know Kyler looked a little bit banged up in New England. We know this is a dynamic offense. They're second in the league in terms of yards per game, over 400 yards a game. They also can run the ball very well, obviously, with Drake and, of course, with Edmonds and, of course, with Kyler Murray. I feel like. Arizona needs to get right on a certain level. And I feel like the Rams are a a bad opponent to have to try to get right against, right? Like this is one of only three defenses giving up less than 20 points a game. This defense is also top five against the run. What Kyla Murray and the the Cardinals want to do and they're division rivals. They know each other. They've seen Kyler, okay? I think this is a tough spot for Arizona. I know they are a home dog, but I think it's a tough spot for Kyler. What do you got here? I think it is. You know, this game would be a little bit easier had the Rams handled their business against the Niners because then you could say, ah, it's a little bit of a letdown spot in Arizona. We'd also probably be getting three and a half instead of the three with some juice. Then let's just look at what Arizona's done over their last five games. They won that crazy game in overtime against Seattle, okay? But Russ threw three picks. The Seahawks could have won that game a hundred different times, right? Then they lost to Miami at home. Probably one of the worst losses of the year when you consider the fact that two has been awful. at Look, he's just not produced outside of that game against Arizona. They beat Buffalo on the Hail Mary. Seattle handled them. I mean, that game was a seven-point game, but the Seahawks felt like they were in control for most of that football game. And then they lose in Foxborough and blow a 10-0 lead. Arizona's lost 3-4, with the one exception being the Hail Mary game. They're not playing good football. And that dates back before Kyler was playing a little banged up. So... I'm going to I'm going to lean with the Rams in this spot. I agree with you. I think it is a little bit of a difficult spot here for the Cardinals who right now they have to show me something. They just do. 
Okay, fair enough. You know what I'm here for in this game? I'm looking for a matchup inside the game that I can't wait and I hope happens. Mm-hmm. I don't care. This week it's happening in the AF and the NFC West. It used to happen in the AFC South. You know the matchup I'm talking about, Kev? I want to oh, see yeah. Jalen Ramsey and mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins. I want to see Ramsey travel all over the field with Hopkins. You know, Fitzgerald right. is still down with COVID. I want Ramsey traveling with D-Hop. D-Hop, who, by the way, at 77 catches, 967 yards, and four touchdowns. He's had eight or more catches, Kev, in all of the home games so far this season. Eight or more catches in all of the home games. And Kyler, in the five home games, has seven rushing TDs. Like, these guys are doing it at home. I want to see if this Rams defense, which is one of the few teams we believe have a real defense that can shut people down, I want to see what they do, especially Ramsey v. Hopkins. Yo, like, are you going to bet a Hopkins prop bet on Sunday? I, the funny thing is, is, is as good as Jalen Ramsey is, right? Like the one dude that he won't call a bum is Hopkins because he knows that Hopkins He's smart. will still find a way to get his. It's a great matchup. They're two dudes that, and you mentioned it, like the going back to the South, they ball out against one. This is a really tough game here, though, because maybe yeah. you are supposed to try to come back to Arizona. Here's the thing. Whoever loses this game, it is going to take a lot of the shine off of them that was there not that long ago. Yeah, absolutely. We got more games to discuss, and we'll do so when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. And thanks for all of our affiliates for joining us here. Pretty bright and early in the morning, but that's what you need. You need the edge so you get on the grid. We're trying to help your account balance at the end of week 13. Kev, next game I want to go to features the division leader in the NFC North, a true by contender in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers at home. And they welcome the Philadelphia Eagles to town, who got a incredible backdoor cover with a Hail Mary at the end to help out my home dog trend. The total in this game is 48. Hmm. The Packers are eight-point favorites. Listen, the Packers also bring the number one offense in the NFL. They score 31.7 points a game. That is the most in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers still leads quarterbacks in quarterback rating at 117.6. Devontae Adams has been on a record pace when he is available so i believe the green bay packers will get to the high 20s or the 30s like they just will right and Mm. i don't think anything philly will do in lambo will prevent them talk to me about this philadelphia offense kev because carson Wentz has 15 picks the most in the league the eagles have allowed 40 sacks or something like that 46 sacks the most in the league right i see zadarius smith getting sacks in green bay tell me why kev when i'm looking at the prop bet market i shouldn't seriously consider a green bay defensive touchdown in this one well, I mean, at the end of the day, so it's a big plus number. You always take a shot sure. on a defensive touchdown. They don't come every but I'm game. Saying they, the sacks, the picks, the game script that might come in this one, it, it profiles. I mean, he's throwing picks more than one a game. 
Well, no, he sure is. Now, I'll say this. Dane, it's, uh, it's a hot offense. Last throw Carson Wentz made was for a touchdown. little 8-0 run. Sure. Close that game. Sure. No, I'm kidding. Obviously. Sure. Here's, here's, here's the deal with this game, though. The Green Bay Packers have not covered consecutive games since week four. They got off to a 4-0 start, ATS. That makes some sense, right, if you think about it. Because a team like Green Bay goes out there, they'll put out a nice cover for people. Primetime, Sunday night football, bailout special, we're all going to fade Mitch. What happens? Rodgers to the rescue. You never even have to worry about it. The game was over at the half, right? So people are going to want to come back to Green Bay. People know that the Eagles cover was absolutely miraculous and garbage, and no one deserved to win that game if you backed the Eagles, but you won. And at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win. So people are going to want to fade the Eagles into oblivion. People are going to want to take the backers. This will probably be a very lopsided bet game. Action. One also, action, Dane, yep. tell me not. This is the teaser game of the week, right? You, on a seven or a six-point oh, like teaser. It. it gets me through seven, through. gets me through three. Yeah. But you know what happens when everybody teases the same game? A lot of times mm-hmm. it doesn't work. And a lot of time it blows up in your face. Yep. But here's the other problem. The Eagles, now three weeks in a row, are underdogs where you go, ah, the sharp side you grab, Philly. The sharp side you you go the other way with the Eagles. Except the Browns game was a mess. And the Seahawks game should have never covered. So, and I'm not saying this as an Eagles fan, because Dane checks me if I I am. From a pure betting perspective, right, the Eagles would be the sharper side of this coin. That would be my expectation. When you get to Sunday, you look at the public money splits, the Eagles getting the points would be the sharper side. Philly last year went into Lambeau and won, by the way. Even last year with all those woes that the Eagles had, they went into Lambeau and won. I will say this from the total – because I think think it's going to be really difficult with the side. I think the total is pretty interesting because the Packers, four of their last five games have played the over – Philly is on a 5-0 and run to the under in their last five football games. You're looking at a total of 48 if, right, the Eagles are going to cover. The question I ask you, Dane, is it because their offense finally shows up or they drag Green Bay down to their level and this is an under football game? I think it's because their offense finally shows up. If that is the choice you are giving me, I think it is because the offense finally shows up. Remember, remember about a month ago when we were like, Philly's the best team and they're getting healthy. They're going to win this NFC Mm -hmm. East. Well, part of that was Miles Sanders coming back, right? He only had like six carries for 15 yards last week. I think he has a better effort than that. Dallas Goddard was part of what has come back in the last two. You know this, Kev, as an Eagles fan. Mm -hmm. He has over five catches, over 70 yards, and a touchdown in both of the last two, but not to be outdone, the biggest returning piece of the offense may happen this Sunday, where Zach, it hurts when IP could be coming back for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I truly believe for a guy like Wentz and that 12 personnel having Ertz and Goddard could be yeah. another piece of this offense. And remember, Green Bay also last home game, I believe, against Jacksonville were 14 point favorites, only won that game by about four. Another game, though 
that I think is interesting that does involve a playoff contender, a bye contender, quite frankly. This is the New Orleans Saints in a division matchup going to Atlanta to see the Falcons. The Falcons now are home dogs, but at a very tricky total of two and a half for the home dogs, which puts them almost even on a neutral field. I'm going to say it again. I've been saying it for the last month. The New Orleans Saints defense is improving. The New Orleans Saints defense, Kev, at the beginning of the year in September, you accurately were throwing shade to the New Orleans Saints defense. They were bottom five in the NFL. They were giving up 30 points a game in September. Kev, they are now down to 20.4 points a game, even with the bad start. That is fifth in the NFL, Kev. They are now second in the NFL against the run, giving up only 76 yards a game. Kev, we weren't doing this show last year, but at around this time, I started to buy the Kansas City Chiefs. They were the third choice in the AFC behind Baltimore, behind New England at this point in time. Okay, I got the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at like 12 to 1 around this part of the season and the reason i was saying was not the offense that everyone knew but the improving steve spagnolo defense that would be able to do enough i see the same thing happening with two nfc teams and the saints are one of them this defense ah Taysom hill ah alvin kamara this defense is doing the job for sean payton and the saints and here's the deal with that right because someone like myself who says last week does not count Right with what they did against the Broncos, and I firmly believe that. By the way, I, I am zero percent impressed in that game. Right, but if I wanted to try and poke holes, Dane, the game before that, they played the Falcons. Matt Ryan, nineteen of thirty-seven, two hundred and thirty-two yards, no touchdowns, two picks, sacked eight times. The ground game was inefficient. So the Saints, as recent as two weeks ago, defensively put up a great performance against the Falcons, but. I told you this weeks ago. I fully intended to back Atlanta against the Saints, right, In at some point during this mm-hmm. twice-in-three-week spot, right? Right. And this is the spot. And here's the thing. A lot of people, though, are backing Atlanta. And that's the only thing that I'm not over the moon about is that the Falcons are coming off this awesome, you know, route burial blowout of the Raiders, right. You know, everyone's like, ah, they're not going to lose twice to the Saints. So the number's down to two and a half. I would have liked three. In fact, I would not sure I maybe had a three and a half here, right? But we're, we're just, sure. we're not getting By the point, that Kev. number. By the point, then. Yeah. Buy it. But it's an, this is the thing, though. It's an expensive. Or right? like, could this not be the teaser, the same teaser, right? You want to get mm-hmm. through three and seven, right? Yeah. You can get exactly. Atlanta plus eight and a half very easily. What about Atlanta plus eight and a half and then taking this total down to like 38 and a half? We're 39. Yeah, I don't I don't they I don't go over that. Last, time, <laughs> last time they played, they scored 33. Like Still. you know, it's I agree. Listen, I agree. I think the Falcons on a team. Atlanta teaser did that by like themselves yesterday, last week. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. And Atlanta on a teaser feels like a solid play, but I'm just my plan was to take the Falcons. They typically beat the Saints at least once a year. That's how it's always yeah. felt to me. I think coming around here on Atlanta makes a ton of sense. Also, for my mental health, I kind of need Atlanta to win this game because the Saints' following matchup 
will be their third straight road game in Philly. You and I both know that if the Saints win this game, right, the, like, law of averages, then they're supposed to lose in Philly. And it'll be another week of the sharp side being the Eagles against a team that's going to the playoffs and everyone then getting mad at me when the Eagles let them down. So just for my mental health here, the Saints win, like, I need them to lose. Let's just so because then everybody's gonna be like, oh, bounce back spot, they'll kill the Eagles, and then cool. And then I'm free of the burden. Falcons, plus two and a half. Because I also I didn't love what I saw from the Saints offense last week. They got the job done. I, I get it. But I, as someone who had a close I mean, Taysom still, on that, still hasn't told. thrown a touchdown pass, you know what I mean? It right. is two starts. Yeah. So and that's the thing, right? And here we go again. Atlanta, you know, it's kind of like I think they're 31st in the league. They give up in terms of passing yards. Okay. They give up over 290 passing yards a game. That's second worst in the league. But Taysom Hill is not necessarily in position to take advantage of that. You right. Know, so it's going to be a what, little bit interesting. Me, I want to quickly say first time someone's going to see Taysom twice. Right. That's right. That, you know, that's a, that's kind of a big deal here. What how kind of adjustments do you make? Does yeah? Look, because. Yeah. Maybe it point. is an under football game with the as good That's as true. you're right with. By the way, the Saints defense is playing some some real real good football. This could be an under game. That's true. Maybe Atlanta and Raheem Morris, who they're all playing for, can bow up. Yeah. And it's like the second time seeing Tim Tebow. Maybe you can figure it out. We also have mentioned no Julio Jones, right? We know that already. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley has gone over 90 yards in four of his five career meetings against the Saints. I'm going to be mm-hmm. interested in some Calvin Ridley props as the number one wide receiver. Maybe Ridley gets into the end zone. I'm going to be looking at guys like Ridley as Gage, Hayden Hurst to see who soaks up that Julio production. We got more games to discuss here, and we'll do so when we come back right now on The Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on the grid. The spitting statistician and the candle burner looking at week 13. Kev, yesterday we looked at the Indianapolis Colts schedule as one of those AFC wildcard kind of teams. And one of the features Mm -hmm. of the Colts schedule is that they see the Texans twice in three weeks, the first of which is this week at Houston. And we were like, hey, division matchup. We don't know if they get both against Houston. Maybe they split. If they're going to split, the one at Houston may be the more likely one. I got to tell you the truth, Kev. Fundamentally, I like the way the Indianapolis Colts are built. And you know this, right? Their defensive line, they can get pressure. Their offensive line doesn't allow pressure. Phillip Rivers has only been sacked 12 times this season. That is the second lowest total in the NFL. Okay, Naheem Hines, listen, Kev, in August, I was telling everybody that Naheem Hines was the Colts back to own all season. He leads the team, Kev, in receptions, does Naheem Hines, and is kind of the most dependable running back there. Here's the thing. This comes down to one question for me. How amazing will Deshaun Watson be? 
That's what this mm -hmm. comes down to. The last time we had a game that shaped up like this, I believe it was against the Patriots, Kev. And we were like, oh, New England's going to run them down, punch them in the mouth. The same way I think these Colts are profiled and positioned to be able to do. And what happened? Deshaun Watson went berserk. And Deshaun Watson has been doing that. I could reel off the stats. You know, he actually, since week three, has the best passer rating in the NFL. You know, no touch, no interception in his last six games i mean he has been amazing and he's capable of putting the texans on his back the only question is will he so i think the game you bring up is very important here i think it's different so here's why the patriots were coming off of a sunday night win against the ravens and, uh, and there were some, certainly not you, but some who started to be like, oh, maybe the Patriots are going to be jumping back into the mix. There were people like myself who were like, yes, we were already here. But as somebody who saw, I was like, oh, boy, this is dangerous. Because not only now are they coming off this great victory, they're playing a Texans offense that was bottled up by the wind in Cleveland. They basically just didn't get to play football. So now we enter this game. The Texans have won two games in a row. Watson has been spectacular two games in a row. The Colts are off of a loss. They got embarrassed at home by the Titans. So the, the way the teams are entering, it's, it's a similar spot, right? Texans at home against a team that you know needs it for playoff aspirations. But the way the teams enter is different from that game. And here's the big thing for me. Will Fuller's gone. Kenny Stills, we know he's gone, right? Like, but the Fuller thing is big. Fuller has been, we've been right. talking about this for a while on this show now, Dane. He's been a lot more than like, a, oh, he'll pop off once. No, he just pops off every week. He scores every week. He's incredible, yep. right? But he's gone. If sure. this Colts defense is as good as we are supposed to believe, I get it. I don't love that it's three and a half. I wish it was three as well. But there's a reason it's three and a half for me. If this Colts defense is as good as it's supposed to be, the fuller absence matters. The spot for them is one that they need a win in, and they bounce back and get a win over here against this Texans team. I, I don't disagree with you, okay? I agree with you, everything you're saying from the Colts' perspective. I guess the way I'm framing it is that Deshaun Watson is capable of doing sure. things regardless of the Colts being able to control it, right? And that is the unknown. If Deshaun Watson is anything other than absolutely ridiculous and kind of a kind of a low-key, he's not an MVP candidate because of where the Texans are, right? But he's an MVP caliber player. OK, yeah. and if he puts out that kind of performance, all bets are off, to be quite honest. Otherwise, I believe the Colts have more on the line are playing, you know, will get through this. You mentioned the fuller absence. I will mention I said it in the waiver wire piece as well. Kiki QT could be a place where the Texans pivot in the wide receiving game. And did you know, Kev, Kiki QT has played in two games against the Colts so far in his career. In those two games, his numbers, 14 catches for 134 yards in those two games. I'd be intrigued by some Kiki QT prop bets, potentially as the number two, you know, in a situation oh where he has been successful in the past. Kev, we arrive at a trivia question. 
for the first time on a Friday, a football Friday, okay? Um, There are two running backs, and this is kind of a longer period of time. I gave you a profile of what the trivia questions were going to be. There are only two running backs, Kev, Mm -hmm. who have amassed over 400 scrimmage yards, which isn't that much, but in the last eight years in a row, mm. there are only two running backs who have amassed over 400 scrimmage yards over eight years in a row, and they're both over that level already this year to add to their total. Any idea of who those two might be? I think one of them you'll get. I don't think you'll get the second. The one, Frank Gore, because he's been around forever. Frank Gore is correct, and by the way, he can get to, I believe it's 700 yards this week, and that would be the 16th season in a row for him to reach that mark, which is ridiculous. Yes, that's the one you should get. Who's the other one? That's the one I should get. Hmm. Who's the other one? Eight years at the running back position. I mean, the only other guy— Scrimmage yards, Kev. Scrimmage yards is a clue. Yeah, yeah. Not rushing Giovanni yards. Bernard? Giovanni Bernard is correct, Kev. And Giovanni Bernard and the Cincinnati Bengals go to Miami to see wow. the Dolphins. What a pull out of Kevin. He's got 484 wow. scrimmage yards. Maybe he knew that we were going to Bengals-Dolphins. And maybe he no, knew I did not. that his co-host is no. amazing in terms of transitions. <laughs> but, yeah, Giovanni Bernard is the last man standing. And, you know, like... He's kind of been dependable for the last decade, Kev. How amazing is that? Joe Mixon, where you at? Right? This one, though, to be quite honest, when we looked at the schedule, remember when we were doing all our roster resets, Kev? This was supposed to be Tua versus Joe Burrow. That is not the case. But on the positive front, we can say that Joe Burrow's surgery happened, that it went according to plan, and that he is expected to make a full recovery. And we should see years and years and years, Kev, of Bengals and Dolphins where it is Tua versus Joe Burrow. But in this one, the uh, Miami Dolphins are one of those other teams that actually bring a defense, apparently. Right? Second in the league. Only 18.6 points a game. And now we're going to have, I don't know, who is it? Ryan Finley, Tyler Bray, who's quarterback? And for Cincy, can the Miami Hmm. Dolphins defense stifle this offense the same way we've seen them, you know, shut down like Jared Goff and the Rams in the last month? Yeah, so I would think Brandon Allen will be quarterbacking this game. I would think for the Bengals. Whoever it is. Sure. (laughs) This is a... Keep your ear to the ground kind of game. Very simple. Ask around. Hey, what do you think about Dolphins Bengals this week? And if you keep hearing, ah, too many points, got to take the Bengals. Ah, too many points, I'm going to take the Bengals. Who would the Dolphins be laying 11 and a half? If you keep hearing that, because that's what I feel like I'm hearing, you got to lay the number with the Dolphins. It's a big number. Who wants to lay this number? Who wants to lay the Nobody wants to lay this number. But the Dolphins have. When they've played some of these poor teams, they have beaten up on them, a.k.a. the Jets, who they beat by 17 last week, right? Fair. And then they beat by, you know, they beat 24-zip the last time they saw them. The Bengals, you might be saying, ah, they got a nice cover against the Giants. The Dolphins are are better than the Giants, right? I mean, is that not how we would perceive those two teams? I I think so. Also, 
The Bengals needed a garbage time. Wait, they backdoor covered that game. Now, I like the Bengals last week with the points because the points spread basically made Joe Burrow the greatest quarterback that's ever existed in football's history, which is outrageous. So that's why the, the Bengals were a good side there. They also had a kickoff return touchdown. You know what's not going to happen in this game? The Bengals are not going to return a kickoff for touchdown. I feel good about that. Okay, I don't think that's a hot take. And if they do, that's hilarious. But they're not going to do that. The Bengals probably struggled to score a lot in this football game. They have one of the lowest yeah. team totals of the week. They might have the lowest team total of the week, considering this is an 11.5 point spread. I mean, their team total is 14 and a hook. Understandably so. So I look at this spot. Now, if people, though, are lining up to lay 11.5, then run away. That's insane. You should not be running up to like the idea of this game is I want to be on the uncomfortable side. And I don't typically love doing things this way, but I can see the world where the Dolphins win this thing by two touchdowns and Fitzpatrick is out there throwing touchdowns all over the field. If two is the quarterback, I will not lay 11 and a half. He does not do enough on the offensive side of the ball. But the Dolphins scoring one of those defensive touchdowns again, Dane. Mm-hmm. I can see how it all plays out, and the Dolphins win this game big. Yeah, that's part of where I was going to go, right? The Bengals are minus six in the turnover margin. The Dolphins are plus six in the turnover margin, right? We have seen in those games, the Rams one comes to mind, where defense and special teams are part of what get that working margin, right? I also know the Bengals have been sacked next to your Philadelphia Eagles, Kev. The Bengals have been sacked the most in the NFL, right? So you put all that stuff together, potential for turnovers, the sack, the third string quarter quarterback right i'm not looking to lay 11 either per se kev but are the dolphins like you know six points better than cincy and then a random scoop and score happens as the cherry on top to get the working margin i do believe that is possible as a way for the dolphins to cover this number quick note Devontae parker has been really good especially since preston williams went down with that injury eight for 119 last week has been over six catches has been over 70 yards in the last three that is a place to go let's go to another game real real quick here as we continue looking at you know these afc kind of wild card contenders the next one up is the las vegas raiders we can start this now talk about it more on the other side of the break right kev but they go to play the jets the jets are nine and a half point home dogs the jets are winless on the season We know all of that, okay? The Raiders laid an egg last week in Atlanta. Now for the second week in a row, they are on the East Coast for a one o'clock start on the road. These are also, Kev, two of the worst four defenses in football in terms of points per game allowed. The Jets give up 29.3 points a game. That's good for 30th. The Raiders are 29th at 29.1 points a game. I do fundamentally believe that having all the wide receivers there for the Jets does help, even though Sam Darnold literally has a 64 passer rating so far this season with three touchdowns and eight interceptions on the year. Uh, You know, how do you see this game? The Raiders have laid eggs before. And, you know, do you trust the Raiders to bounce back even against this Jets team, or are they liable to defecate the mattress again? That's the issue. 
That's if the Raiders handle business against Atlanta last week, this is real simple for us. That's too many points. We'll take the Jets. They'll keep it close. This is a spot Vegas didn't show up last year in. They should show up now. Gruden has every single piece of, you know, kind of news clippings necessary to make sure that his team is as focused as they've ever been on a west to east trip. Dawn hasn't thrown a touchdown since September, Dane. All right. We'll talk about it more on the other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back in, everybody, to the early line. We're talking Raiders, Jets. And honestly, Kev, to me, this comes back to, like, can Derek Carr and the Raiders bounce back? Right, like Carr turned the ball over like three times in Atlanta, but yet still is, you know, playing to like I think a 19 touchdown, four interception split so far this season, right? Will he bounce back against the Jets, who we've already talked about Frank Gore, right? 16 years in a row with only like 52 yards. We get to that level again. Third all time. We tip our cap to Frank Gore, but you know, can the Raiders take care of business in spots? where they haven't in the past. You, you, you think the bounce back happens? So, you know what? I just realized something because I'm like, I'm like, this is, what are you, only nine and a half? You know what this is? This is the spot that in the beginning of the baseball season cost me countless dollars. Ah, the, come on, the, the Reds aren't going to lose to the Tigers, you know, two straight games with Bauer on right. the mound after Sonny Gray. Right. And then they lose the game. And they go, ah, they're, they're going to beat Luis Castillo. Oh, gosh, they just beat Luis Castillo. They just swept the Reds with three of the best pitchers in baseball. The the Raiders here, ah, oh, what are they going to lose twice? What, are they going to not show up twice? Yep. Yep. Now, they're not going to lose the game. That would be okay. shocking. And that's unfortunate for the Jets. But you're going to take these points? I would take the points. I would take the points. Also, I can't believe that I would rather Joe Flacco start this game for confidence in an over. But if Sam Darnold is literally worth any draft capital, this game goes over the number. If he is yeah. worth... Any draft capital, yeah. the game, honestly, Dane, should fly over. Because Greg told you the Raiders are a bottom five defense. They're That's giving up saying. 29 points a game. All the time. Like, and, and Greg Williams has no idea what, what year it is. He sells out to stop the run every game. He does so successfully, but like I don't like I don't know what his he's is he trying to get a game as like a run game coordinator? Like when the I don't know. For me, it's you take the points, you play it over. You know, this is exactly what we did with the Chargers game. We're going to do the same. Nine and a half for the Raiders on the road? Number's ridiculous. I feel great about this. I feel great about this. We take the Jets and we move on. Dan Green, onward and upward. Let's go, buddy. That's what we're talking about. I just hope they don't actually get a win because I'm starting to warm to the idea of Trevor Lawrence as my draft pick. You know what I mean? It's not like the Jacksonville Jaguars are winning anytime soon. I do ultimately agree with you. Middle this one, the Raiders win. That's a lot of points. Hour number two is up next. <laughs> 